Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Good evening. Happy to be here with you this evening. This is the last evening I'm going to be with you, you all. You can say it. I felt that. I felt that right here, down deep. Let me read some scripture for you. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25 says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Um, I'm happy to be here with all of you. And, and there's just some, a couple points that I want to make. I, I don't, this probably won't be too long. So the production team and the tech crew, you guys can get ready to take back over pretty quickly. But one thing that I just want to encourage you with before I hit my head on the side of this cross, um, cause I'm tall, <laughs> um, one thing that I want to encourage you with is uh, that this is not an easy race for those of you who profess to be Christ followers. And I think it's very important for preachers and ministers and pastors to remind you of that. And it's important for you to remind yourself of that because sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the, the butterflies and the dandelions and the the. The, just the, the beauty that there is in following Jesus and think that because we gave to our lives to Jesus, everything in our life is just going to work out and be great and there's not going to be any trouble and any heartache or any of those things. And I think that is something that people can be tempted to feed you, to, to teach you. But the truth is, is that we live in a hard, difficult, and broken world that is full of sin. And Jesus actually reminds his followers, his closest followers, as a promise. He says, look, in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you will have trouble. It's just a fact of life. There's going to be trouble, and it's going to seek you. It's going to find you out. It's going to come after you. And the enemy is crafty, remember, and he wants you. And that, that undertow that can pull you out into the abyss of the ocean where you can feel lost, like that's a real thing too. It's very real. But in this scripture that we're given in Hebrews chapter 12, I love how we are reminded from the author here that yes, indeed, the race is tough. 
But Jesus also ran the race. He put on flesh and he lived on this earth and he was without sin and he walked in the footsteps that we were also destined to walk in. Meaning that the Hebrew writer also tells us that he was tempted in every way. So that there is not a temptation that can come your way that God is unfamiliar with. There is not a temptation to be angry or to be tempted by the eyes or, or to um, fall into the temptations of the enemy. Like he was tempted in every way, every way that you can imagine. Jesus was tempted in every way, and yet he did not sin. And I take a lot of encouragement knowing that my God is familiar with the hardships and the temptations that are going to come my way because he was tempted in every way. And what other, one other thing that really encourages me and should encourage you as well is the writer here says, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are cheering you on. It's a great cloud of witnesses. You know what was really, um, <laughs> what was making me kind of laugh and think about this is when you guys were playing like the card race game over here with the aces that were moving across the board. And as you were flipping the cards over, like people were losing their minds. I'm sitting, I'm like, this is a deck of cards. You kids are losing your ever living minds, cheering for chance happening that your ace is gonna make it to the end. I never heard it so loud in this room. And you know what's amazing is that that is the same sound that is happening on your behalf as you walk in this life, as you walk according to the faith, as you're encouraged by the Holy Spirit, as you walk beneath the banner of his grace, there is a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering you on. Like they are for you. And you might not be able to hear them audibly. You might not be able to see them visually. But we are told here and promised here that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. They're watching you. And they want you to win. And they fought the good fight. And they ran the race. And they would promise you too. And they would say, guess what? This thing is hard. This thing is hard. It's not easy. And they would also promise you that even though this thing can be hard, they promise you that it's worth it. And more than it being worth it, it is where life is truly found. It is where freedom is truly experienced. It is where the love of God is, is working on your behalf. That's what this race is about. And I love what it said in uh, Hebrews chapter 10, because it says that we need to spur one another on in this race toward love and good deeds and not just love the way that you perceive it or imagine it or can come up with it or conceptualize it. No, love in the way that Jesus loved. Love in the way that Jesus loved because we can't love out of our own ideas of what love is. If I went through the room, you would all have your different ideas of what that is. But the constant is that Jesus first loved us so much so that he laid his life down for us. It's a sacrificial love. It's a selfless love. It's a love that pulls people in and draws people in into that heaven on earth living that we were talking about yesterday. 
It's a love that draws people into the kingdom. And when people go, wow, that is some love, and you go, yeah, that's who my God is. You want to know about him? That's who my Savior is. He loved me like that. How did he love you? Well, I was lost, and now that I'm found, and I was blind, and now I see, and I couldn't truly hear what God had for me, but now I can hear because he opened my ears. He showed me how to love, and if I could even love just a fraction of, what, of how he loved, if I can even present the kingdom through loving just in a fraction of what he was able to show us in what he demonstrated on the cross, then maybe I could pull somebody else into the kingdom. I could draw them into God's love and say, yo, that's God, man. That's God. Jesus says, or the, the word says, let us run with perseverance the race marks, marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And let us spur one another on toward love and good deeds and encouraging one another. My encouragement for you, and this is something that you really need to think about. Some of you might already have this, but my encouragement for you tonight is to be sure when you get back to your crazy world, your crazy teenage life, your home, your community, finishing out the summer and even getting back to school, my encouragement to you is do your very best to find the community of believers that call on the name of Jesus and live in his love. Other students, other young people, a church, be, find that church and find that community, find that youth group, whatever it is, Google it, search it, find it, get, a, be a part of that community because you need that encouragement. I was just looking at a text that I wrote maybe 10 years ago to this uh, peer. And when I was crazy and entrenched in the world without hope, um, Jesus took hold of my heart through a message that I heard at church. And immediately after that, I was drawn into a group of young people that I had nothing in common with, like nothing in common with. I thought that they had it all together. They all were like Christian. They knew how to speak Christianese. They knew how to do the church thing. And I was just straight out of that abyss. I only knew one way to live and it wasn't this. And even despite that, and despite all those idiosyncrasies and those quirks and the way that I spoke in my past, <laughs> despite that, they welcomed me and embraced me into this group of young people. I was connected with this small group. And I looked at this text that I wrote this young lady um, 10 years ago when I was really being entrenched in ministry, really getting involved in ministry. And I just thanked her. I just thanked her because she opened her, her home to people to be a part of a small group so that they could be encouraged and grow in their faith. And I was one of them. And if I remember all the crazy things that I said in that small group that I thought might be smart, but were like super ignorant and like the things that they had to put up with and the ideas that I had, and they really had long suffering and patience with me. And it drew me deeper into the love of God. And it's so important to be a part of a community and a fellowship that draws you into the love of God. 
Because the majority of our life is actually spent in environments that attempt to draw us out of and away from the love of God. And so my encouragement to you is to be sure that you connect in a faith-based, Christian, Christ-centered community so that you can be encouraged and spurred on. Because here's what I know. You can't make it on your own. I tried. I failed. And it wasn't until I knew that I needed the fellowship of other believers who call on the name of Jesus and know how to live this thing out that I was encouraged and strengthened in my walk. And it's only because of that that I have the opportunity, privilege, and honor to speak in front of you. It's because of that, because of that, because there was a fellowship, a community of people who cared enough to put up with me that I might grow in my faith and then be fruitful with what God has given me. And that's my encouragement to you. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. Don't leave it here. Do you know why this matters so much? This matters so much. This means so much. Why? Because you're together. This is a community right here that's being built. For the course of five days in this fellowship, and we've been going crazy for Jesus because that's what this ranch was built on. The love of Christ, where you are sitting, was trailblazed by people that came before you who had a vision to have young people sitting in this room learning about Jesus and changing the world. And they wanted to do it through young people. They wanted to do it through teenagers because that's how Jesus did it. You need each other. Listen to my words. Whatever you need to do, write down those names. Maybe it's a, it's a point. Maybe it's a point where it's like, when I get in the car, when I get my cell phone back, I got to start looking up who I'm going to connect with. People who are following Jesus, a church that has a good reputation, a youth group, whatever it is, and I'm going to get connected. We need to inspire and spur one another on. And as you walk in the faith, I want to know that you're a part of a group of people who are rooting for you as much as you were rooting for some cards sliding across the board. If we can lose our minds over that, I wonder what more can we lose our minds over when we're in Christ Jesus? Don't waste it. Don't let it stay here. If you got it, maybe you came with somebody. If you, hey, when this thing is over, let's, let's get in John together. Let's get in the word together. Let's study Hebrews together. Let's get in Ephesians, something like we don't want to waste it. Let's not leave it behind. When school starts, maybe we're the ones who start the prayer group. When school starts, maybe we're the ones who start the club. Like, If you got somebody with you right now and it's, it's not happening in that way, my encouragement to you is to make it happen. Make it happen. Because you can. The race is not easy. The race takes perseverance. And we fix our eyes on Jesus. It means that we seek him first. Young people, how, how can I align my heart with the heart of God? How can I align my heart with his will? Well, you know, you open up your smart device. There's plenty of Bible and devotion plans. You can be begin your day with those Bible and devotion plans. You can do a scripture every morning, but you know what else you can do? You can get up out of bed and you can say a simple prayer. 
Lord, my life begins, my life belongs to you. Lord, my life belongs to you. What would you have me do today? Lord, my life belongs to you. What would you have me do today? Lord, my life belongs to you. What would you have me do today? And you know what? It might be, the response might be as simple as, obey your parents and the Lord for this is right, Ephesians 6.1. Honor your father and mother. It might be that you need to increase in one of the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness. You need to be more patient, more peaceable, more kind, more gentle, more long-suffering. There might be, help me to be those things. Lord, my life belongs to you. What would you have me do today? Who would you have me be? Man, you get out of bed, your feet hit the floor. Lord, my life belongs to you. I got heavy feet. Lord, my life belongs to you. What would you have me do today? What would you have me do today? And I know most of what we've said in here and what has been taught may be forgotten. And you won't remember every sentence, but you might be at the beach sometime again this summer. You might have come from there. You might go to the beach. And when you see that undertow and maybe a lifeguard running out there, you might go, oh, I remember that. That's Jesus. The cool thing about seeking Jesus is being open and aware of knowing that he is intimately involved in every aspect of your life. And when the Holy Spirit opens your eyes and your heart to who he is and how he's working, you are able to see things around you and you go, wow, that was God. Wow, that wasn't just a coincidence. Man, that was God. Man, man that wasn't by accident. That was God. When you step out at night and the light pollution is down and you look up at the stars and you see the you see the Big Dipper and you see the stars and the shooting star goes across the sky. You go, wow, God did that. God made that. And when you see God working around you and how Jesus is involved in every aspect of your life and he's with you and he will not leave you or forsake you. You know what's crazy? You start looking at you yourself as the blessing. And you move from, wow, look at God to being somebody who people see and they go, wow, look at God. And then they move from living a wow, look at God life to a life that has other people saying, wow, look at God. You can do that. You can be that. Because the spirit of the living God lives inside of you. And the spirit of the living God desires to empower you to point other people to Jesus, and he wants to use you. Don't count yourself out. Don't ever believe that you don't have enough. Don't ever believe that you don't have what it takes. Don't ever believe that it's not cool enough or in or trending. Don't ever believe that because you've got something set apart and different for God's purposes. The spirit of the living God lives in you. That's not common. That's not casual. That's something other. That's powerful.
That's eternal life. That's eternal life. It's eternal life. Don't leave it here. Take it with you. Get with other believers. Get in your Bible and seek Jesus. He will never fail you, leave you, or forsake you. You are forever his. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you and we praise you for the week we've had. I'm going to keep this with me. And Lord, I pray that this, these words, this time, I pray that it would not be snatched away. Lord, I pray that the seeds that have been planted, the words that have been said, the prayers that have been prayed, the songs that have been sung, Lord, I pray that they would take root in the depths of our heart and that it cannot be pulled up, but it only grows deeper, Lord. And I pray that by the power and presence of the Holy Spirit, these youth in this room, these young people, these world changers would see themselves as a part of your kingdom agenda because they've got the keys. They've got the keys. And Jesus, you were never too busy to tell the young people that they mattered and they had what it takes to turn the world upside down. Help them to see themselves according to your good purpose. And by the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, I pray that they would be transformed and renewed in such a way that they would see themselves living for you and you alone. And that whatever has easily entangled them in their past or their sin or the things that, that have come after them or pulled them away, Lord, I pray that those things would be stripped and broken and laid underfoot to be crumbled and trampled like dust. And Lord, I pray that they would tie themselves to you as you lead them into everlasting life. For your kingdom is the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.